Hey sister, welcome back to the Daily Mantra Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Trulove, and today I sit down with Yami Pence, a former crimes against children detective for over seven years in law enforcement, working at the local and federal level. Before we get into the rest of this intro for this two-part podcast, I want to give you some preface as to what we're gonna be speaking on. Although this podcast, in my opinion, has an incredibly important subject, especially for my community of mostly mothers with children, both of these episodes have a big red trigger warning for child sexual abuse or anyone that has witnessed or is a victim to these terrible crimes. Both episodes give incredible insight to this very real threat to our children. This isn't something that's just happening on the other side of the world or by strangers. This is happening in your town and could happen with a trusted or well-known person to your child. I believe in my heart that we are the first and last defense for our children and with the right knowledge, tools, and education, you not only arm yourself to protect your children, but you are arming your children in protecting themselves or possibly another child around them. These episodes speak on the real accounts of sexual abuse that Yami witnessed as a child as her, in her time in the field and stories that have been told to her through her virtual platforms. She has worked at the Pentagon. She is a badass mama bear who felt called to enter the virtual space to help more in the preventative side of these terrible crimes. You'll find her on TikTok and Instagram creating content to educate and arm parents with the tools and resources to protect their children without living in fear. If you are ready and you feel ready to dive into this podcast, get her lists of do's and don'ts and ways to keep your children safe without living in fear. Let's dive into this podcast. Yeah. All right, Yami, I'm so stoked to have you on the podcast. I'm so grateful that you came on. I feel like this is going to be a really informative and really supportive conversation for moms and parents and people that love children that are looking for ways to protect them um, in our crazy world. So Yami, can you go ahead and just give me a little bit of your backstory, introduce yourself, how you got into this work. Um, you have You have quite the story since I've been doing uh, some research on you. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I'm Yami and I thank you for being willing to uh, shed light on this topic because not everybody wants to bring this heavy topic up. You know, we're on social media. People want to just scroll mindlessly, but um, this is so necessary. It's so necessary. And like you said, um, not a lot of people know where to go and who to reach out to, especially if they deal with their own trauma and their own, you know, history that they don't want to necessarily talk to other people about that just kind of leads in like, I don't want this to happen to my child. Now, how do I prevent it? What do I do? You know, how do I not pass on my trauma to them, but also keep them safe? So um, I appreciate you being willing to talk about it and being enthusiastic about it. Cause that just brings so much happiness to my heart. <laughs> we are um, the first and first and last defense for our children, you know, and if we are not armed with the tools and resources, um, you know, we're doing not just our children a disservice, but we're doing ourselves a disservice and, you know, other, other moms too, you know, if we're not sharing this information, it's, it's doing all children and all mamas a disservice. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, that's what I um, describe myself as. Like, first of all, I love Jesus. That's who I am. Then I am a mama bear and a mama wife. Like I am here, like I have the back of my husband and I have the front back side of my children. Like they, I am here to fight for them and to fight for all children. I look at every single child that I see as also like an extension of my child because they could be, you know, like we have to right. look out for all children everywhere. And um, that's how society gets through this. Um, that's what I call a CSA right now, which is child sexual abuse. It is the epidemic of the world. 
It is the evil that is hidden in plain sight. It is the evil that is going after children so that they are instituted with trauma and abuse from such a young age. Now they have to fight that the rest of their lives instead of just leaving a, leading a healthy life where they just deal with normal hard stuff, right? Now, if they get them as children, um, they have to fight against that to, to thrive, you know, not to survive, but thrive in the future. So um, I'm excited to continue defeating this pandemic or this real epidemic um, of child sexual abuse alongside other mamas, because there is not one mama. You can be on any side of the political spectrum. You could be, you could be anybody. You, you know, you could believe right. that, like, like you could be a Jesus lover like me, or you could be an atheist. But we are all together. Like, right. let's protect all the babies. Like, we I have, have to be a united front. Absolutely. If that, if that's the one thing that connects us is being a mom, and if we can recognize that in each other, then there's so much that we can do together. I'm literally like just hearing you talk. I've been getting the chills the entire time, and you just <laughs> ooze like. You just, everything that you're saying, it just oozes authenticity and the things that are coming out of your mouth, they feel so true. They just feel so true and so good, you know, and, and authentic. And I'm, I'm looking at your face. Not everybody's going to be able to see your face, but it yeah. it's, it's, you're the real deal. And, um, Thank you. yes. Yeah. I credit that to God. Cause I have, I mean, it, I can get into it later, my journey, my spiritual journey, but like I have, you know, just we probably, you have too, it's like when you try just so hard and you're pushing so hard and you feel like, man, I have to work really hard like to the bone where at the end of the day, I feel like I'm dead. Like right. I've been there, you know, and I'm like, there's some things that we're meant to be doing that will come and ooze with, out of us with ease because yeah. we're walking in our calling and we're, we're just being a vessel for goodness and to shed light into the darkness. So that's what, you know, that's where I'm coming from. So to introduce myself, I'm, like I said, Yami, um, and I was also a detective. And I became a detective because as a child, I was exposed to abuse early on. Um, as a child, we were left with a babysitter because my mom and dad both had to work. And um, she babysat us several, several times. She, you know, we, was a friend of the family. And, um, you know, my, my mom had met the dad at work. And so then he, she met her, her, she met his wife. And anyway, so she was just like that family friendly, family, you know, trusted babysitter. And she had kids, they had daughters, they had sons, like it was, you know, the one that you're like, yeah, I mean, I totally trust them. You know, like I've known right. them for years. Like that is what everybody, somehow I know them for years. Can I just at least use, I mean, you just have to have discernment because here's what happened to us. Like I just basically, to cut it short, I walked into my sister being abused by the, the father, by the one that my, was actually friends with my mom. And, um, you know, me doing that, I didn't know what I was saying. I was like eight. And I didn't know what I was saying. I was just kind of like, you know, like your innocent child mind, like, okay, it's dark in here. He's alone with her. And then he just kind of moved away really quick. Like he was pretending to like clean a shelf. Like it was obviously now I look back and I'm like, oh, okay. So, and my sister was kind of frozen there, but what happened was I interrupted the abuse and stopped it from getting worse. And, you know, from that point forward, uh, you know, God just put the desire in my heart to prevent that from happening to other children. So, um, and I honestly like kind of like, you know, with any trauma, you kind of like put that in the back of your mind. And, you know, growing up, I just, after that, so it, there was a grooming process that in, in itself, right? Like yeah, we what happened after that? Like, what was the net, like, where, what did you do with that information? And so I didn't know what I saw. So I was yeah. just like, okay, like, again, like I was really confused. And my sister was still like, I have talked about this on the uh, response to abuse often, especially children, but also adults will freeze in trauma and stress because yeah. it's just um, that fight or flight freeze and fawn response that your brain will do automatically. Yeah. And if you know that you are weaker and you're not going to be able to physically push off this person, you're going to, you may freeze up. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's what was happening to my sister. And she, um, I, 
basically I came in to tell them something was going on with the other daughter. She like hurt, like broke her knee or something at dance practice. Uh-huh. And so I was like, Hey, this happened. And then I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then my sister didn't say anything. And then he just rushed out of the room. And so my sister didn't say anything right there. Uh-huh. She didn't yeah. say anything. So I was, you know, I was just in law yeah. and I was a little kid. And then she basically told a friend the next day at school. Like and how old was truth. your sister? If you she's three years that. older than, she's three years older than me. So like, I'm oh. guessing, uh, yeah. So she was around 11 or 12. Okay. I was guessing um, younger. So I was guessing yeah. younger. Yeah. So she was a little older than me, but he had been grooming her for quite some time, quite some time. Gosh. That's why I talk about um, the mouth being a private part because he would just like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be sort of trigger warning. Cause I'm going to be, I'm very like this whole, this whole episode is like trigger <laughs> warning. I think that the people that are going to be listening to this know exactly the, what they are trying to get out of this episode. So yeah. there's nothing off limits here. We are free to speak. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I, I tend to forget that my whole page is a trigger warning. But yeah. You know, we know, we know what we're getting into when we look at your page immediately yeah. and we're there for a reason. So yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, so basically he would, he would touch her certain ways, you know, Hispanic culture, right? We're going to have the Hispanics and, the, and there are other communities too, that where you are just expected to hug and kiss every single person in the room. So yeah. when we would go over, if there was a get together, a party, he would yeah. always just by, like violate her personal Come boundaries. right on in. Yeah. And so he would, you know, we're expected to kiss on the cheek. Well, he would just move to her mouth and even stick her tongue in her mouth. It's his tongue in her mouth. And like, yeah. just really quick again, it's yeah. like, it's like a boop. And then like, and then she's like, Shocked. okay, well, right. Yeah. And so I, he, nobody noticed it. Everybody's, hi, how are you? How are you? Do, do, do. Not paying any attention. And that's why I, you know, I'll go, I'll get into paying attention, but not living in fear. But um, yeah, that's, that's was missed. There was a lot of things slap sitting, like, you know, just too much touchy feely. Right. And um, he was just grooming her the whole time. And, uh, you know, those send signals of like, it, this is okay. See, we're around here. I'm doing this in front of people. This is okay for me to do. This is 100%. okay for me to do. And yeah. then, um, yeah, so that's where it led to that. I don't know the, the time frame because, you know, when we talk about this, it's very sensitive to talk with my sister about. So I, I try not to ask too many questions. But when she told me that about the kissing, I was like, you see, like, this is one thing that people do not even think like to tell their kids. If anybody puts their lips on your lips, you tell me right away. If anybody, yeah. if nothing or their finger, right. Anything. Yeah, it's anything. all just, yeah. Yeah, it's, private, it's, it is a private part of your body. Right. Nobody totally. like, uh, and like don't don't worry, mamas. I kiss my baby on the lips. You know, I right. baptism. But this is that's why you you differentiate and you and you say, okay, there's certain things like mommy and daddy, they wipe your butt, they clean you, they clean you in the bath. There's certain things that mommy and daddy help you do in a safe way. But mm-hmm. there's things that, and those are likely things that most other people are never going to be allowed to do. Right. Except for those identified, you know, people. And I think that's really helpful to not just, I mean, because I feel like most moms feel that but it's hard to express not only to their partner they're you know like trying to trying to tell them like where they're coming from and give them like real scenarios and also how to explain that to your kids like yeah trying to explain this type of like very real danger and evil that is out there likely like you know for us like we don't let anybody watch our kids we're with our kids literally like if they go to gymnastics like we sit there a lot of parents drop their kids off we are not those parents we you know we are with them 24 7 and um you know but but even still I mean we've come across where family members want to hug and kiss just and they use the you know if you want to do this then I then give you know me a kiss and I'm like Mm -hmm. okay we are not bribing physical affection for things or activities like this is like children do not understand the difference between you doing this and somebody that they, yeah. Or somebody that is around us and, and is considered a good person, but then they, Mm -hmm. they do this too. And so I think if we, you know, just put it more out there, like how you can communicate these things 
with your children, how you can bring this up to your husband, your, I don't know, I don't know even if you see something like with your friends' kids, you know, if you see something at a party, like how do you bring that up? You know, it's all yeah. so tricky. You yeah, know? there's lots and of you- nuance. There's lots of, uh, you know, like a lot of people end up in my DMs. That's why I had to open up consults. Like it wasn't even, I wanted to, you know, institute courses and, um, you know, literature and, you know, podcasts someday and YouTube videos someday, like whatever I can do. Cause I'm also with my kids 24 seven. So I'm like trying to cherish them, but also do what I need to do to yeah, get the message you know, out. Get the right. message out. Exactly. So there is, there's, there's tricky ways of doing it, but you know, what I've heard the best is when you're directly talking to someone about something they're doing wrong, just remember, it, you know, like there's so many things that go through our mind, like, oh no, they just instituted a bad like scenario in my child's head. And it's, you know, my, my child's going to, you know, absorb that. We can always fix it. There's still people who love your kids, but you can just say, Hey, so this is not how we would go about it. You know, I'd love to talk to you more where I would love you for you to be part of, you know, our team and keeping our kids safe. Like you are part of it. You like, I need your help to keep my kids safe by Mm -hmm. instituting the consent, the body autonomy and the boundaries, uh, you know, and making sure that the kids are treating each other with respect in that. And that, you know, that we keep an eye on them, you know, one safe adult, always keeping an eye on them and just basically inviting them to be part of your team and showing them everything that you've learned and, you know, acknowledging that we grew up very differently and, Mm -hmm. and that it might seem like helicopter mom to you. It might seem over obsessive and all that stuff that you said earlier that people are nervous about appearing like, I get that that's what it looks like, but here are the statistics. And um, just so you know, over 90% of child sexual abuse happens by the, the offender being a close and trusted individual. Like, This close... is what moms need to hear. This is yeah. exactly what moms need to hear. I have literally been told this by my own family, like between, you know, me and my husband's family. Like it has been said to me like, well, I'm so-and-so. Like, why are we, like, don't I get a special, you know? Yeah. Don't I get exactly. to be different? Like, don't I get to be the exception? I'm like. Mm-hmm. But we're not, no, there's no exceptions to this idea, to this, you know, standard. There is no exceptions to that because right. that leaves the door open for anybody to be the exception. And I feel like that, that goes, like, I hold myself to that standard too. And my husband does as well. Like, for instance, if our kids are getting tickled, you know, if we're like playing around and they say, stop, that means stop right this moment. That means right. stop immediately because that mm-hmm. is their body. It's, they get to make that choice. And if they don't want to hug or kiss me, like, don't take it personal. Like they, like some days you don't want to kiss and hug your husband either. Okay. I'm Mm -hmm. a wife. I know that. I'm like, I don't, I can't right now, you know, or like whatever. I'm touched out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a co-sleeper. I'm a breastfeeder. So I'm like, sometimes sometimes I just need a moment. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means that right now, this energy is too much energy, you know, circle back in a few, like, Like, or I'll come to you when I'm ready. And that's how kids are. We absolutely have to acknowledge that we are, this is goes with parenting overall, but we're expecting something of a child that we don't even uh, expect of ourselves. Like we have to remind ourselves, like, you know, there's, there's, it's just, again, like super nuanced, but super also clear. Like we, we treat others, treat your child as you would like to be treated. You know, like if you're a whole human, a whole person, just as they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, and that's what it is. So it just, there's really gentle ways to, to talk to them about it. Be like, look, this is, this is the statistic. Okay. I'm not saying that you are going to hurt them. Absolutely not. If I, would you think I would be here if I believed that you were going to hurt my child? Like, no. <laughs> so that's right. the thing. Of course, I don't believe you're going to harm my child. Cause if I did, I would never want you to be around them, but I, I, I know you love them. And this is just a way to keep them safe around other people is if yes. you obey or, you know, not obey, but if you go with this, these ideas and, you know, these concepts and, you know, 
boundaries basically because it's body safety boundaries body safety rules. like if you follow it they're going to expect you know and you're very close to them they're going to expect everybody who's even just a little bit closer or a little bit further whatever it is like they're going to expect that of everybody children are very literal and very general so if you yeah. do th- something one way then they're going to think it's a blanket statement across the board and right. that's why we have to be really careful and I one of my first videos I ever made on Instagram was me saying that like don't ever make anyone force or force your child to hug or kiss anyone, including you and parents don't like that. I've even had to, you know, talk to my own sister about it. Like, Hey, remember, like they are your babies. Yes. But they are their own people. And you have to like, remember like the grabbing come over here. And you know, it's, it's a lot of affection. I get that, but we have to remember that that bleeds over into, into every single other interaction. And it's hard because we can almost like hardly contain our love for our our cute babies. Oh yeah. It hurts. It hurts how much you love them. You just (laughs) want to pop their little head off and squeeze them so hard. But like my, my husband says the exact same thing. Like these, these children, they are not ours to keep, you know, we're raising them as whole humans to put out into the world. And hopefully we're arming them with the right tools to be safe and to ask for help and to understand that there are no secrets and to understand what a tricky person is. You, I've never called them a tricky person before, but that's what you, I, after doing all the research on your page, like tricky people is a very, it's a very clear way to describe it because it it can be tricky. Like it's not Mm -hmm. out there in the open, it's hidden in plain sight. And it's about listening. If something feels off, there's probably something off, you know, it just listen to your gut. If something makes you feel uncomfortable, it is okay to say no. It's okay to push back, even if they're a person in authority. I mean, every single day I see a daycare teacher. I mean, every day, even cops coming out, yes. like my, my old department, yep. a cop came out like not long before I left and, you know, nobody could believe it. Nobody could believe it. And we're like, what? And in an uh, agencies near me that I've worked with alongside, they also had, you know, especially the bigger the agency, the more likely you find, you know, a bad apple. And so yeah. there are bad apples everywhere. There are bad apple doctors. There are 100%. bad apple teachers. There are bad apple everything. And we have to just keep that in mind. And I like got a vision today of it being like, like think of like a board with a bunch of sticky notes on it. So yeah. everything that I'm saying in this podcast and that I say on my page, is just a sticky, another piece of information that I'm learning for my toolbox, but it's right. not like this, this thing that's going to hover over me and lock me up in fear. No, no. Cause a lot of people are messaging me and telling me like, I, everything on your page just grieves me, which I get. Absolutely. We have to go through a process when we learn this really hard information. It grieves me. And now I'm stricken with fear. I'm like, no, that is not my intention. And we cannot allow that because fear to, I, I, I look at it as a spirit, but other people can just look at it as a, a mindset. But once you let that in, it will choke you out. So we have to break free and look at it. This is just information that I'm going to use as a tool that I'm going to use and look at every single time I have to make a decision for my child and his or her safety, I'm going to look at my toolbox and I say, okay, this is a fact, this is a fact, and this is a fact. And here are the facts that I have that are in my control. And, you know, like whatever the circumstance that is like, okay, like uh, this is the person who's taking care of them. There's more than one adult there. Um, There are no other kids, you know, teens there. There's this, there's that. Like, those are the things that you're going to have to make, you know, which each circumstance and then look what the actual facts say, and then go from there and then use your own wisdom and discernment to decide, okay, what is best for my child and what is best for our situation? Um, because it's not always going to look the same for you, for me, and for anyone else listening. It's, it's going to be different, but the, the facts remain the same. So, 100%, yeah. And that, so instead of living in this fear and this frozen fear that I like for me, like I lived at one point, I can't have anybody take care of my kids, especially after my mom died. Like I'm stuck. I will never get a date with my husband again. I will be here forever. Like, you know, like never getting a long time again. Well, we don't have to live that way either. We can definitely um, grow and figure out a way to, to live in peace with the facts. Yeah. And that, you know, what you just said about, you know, having, you know, looking at all this information and going through 
this grieving or like mourning of this, you know, you have maybe, you know, somebody's looking at it and they have this like really positive outlook on the world. And this is a really good place. And people, you know, are really good and all these things. And then you see where your page is a lot of really heavy topics, you know, and can be very triggering for somebody that has experienced this, but doesn't know how to talk about it or hasn't processed their own trauma. So there's no way that they can start to deliver this information in a um, constructive way to their children or their people that are helping or like all these things. Right. And that about two years ago, I've never said this before on any of my, any of my platforms, because I'll get, I'll get shadow banned. I've, I've gotten shadow banned for sharing stuff before Me too. Um, <laughs> about the child, the sex trafficking and all the things, because it's literally everywhere you know mm -hmm. and it can happen anywhere yes. it can happen to anybody um and you probably know I know many of my friends have experienced trauma and it is not like this thing that's happening on the other side of the world it's happening mm -hmm. right next door you know it's right here it's right here and okay. and the U.S. is the number one purchaser of CCM yeah it's child like, sexual abuse material it's it's wild and we cannot ignore it you know and and two years ago I went through this I mean a I don't even know what it was. It was a rabbit hole. Can I call it a rabbit hole? Because that's what it felt like. I was, and I was deep and I could not stop consuming the information because I could not believe what I was seeing and reading and about, I mean, people in power and, and this uh -huh. happening. It was such yeah. a dark time. And my husband had kind of already done this. And my husband goes deep on all these different topics. And it's like, the world is not as what it seems, you know, and everything mm -hmm. that's presented to us, all the information is presented to us for a reason and it is not to empower us. You know it's what I'm controlled. saying? It's controlled information and they are giving you just enough to keep you in that fight or flight frozen mode. You know, and for me, it was a, I had a two-year-old. I didn't have my second uh, daughter at the time. I, I don't think I was pregnant. I could have been pregnant at the time, but it was, I mean, I don't even want to say it. It's just, it was so disturbing to me and I had to stop for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, consuming that content. Like, I'm just, I know what's out there. This will not happen to my child. I am sure of it. And you know, all yeah. of these, you set up all these boundaries and you seem like the crazy friend. And I'm like, better, better crazy than having to unwind trauma in my baby, you know, and yeah. she can't talk. She can't tell me if something's happening. No way am I leaving her with somebody. And I know that's not the reality for everybody. If yeah. I, if, if I had to leave her with somebody, I have people that I would, I would trust, you know, but mm -hmm. there are, there are specific prerequisites to be able to watch my ch child without me. Why? Because yeah. nobody will defend, nobody will run, nobody will jump in front of a bullet like, like I will for my baby because by design, we are wired that way. Nobody yeah. is going to have that. You yeah. know, if you can't run, if you physically cannot run because you're out of shape or because you don't run or don't work out, you're not watching my kid because you mm -hmm. are not going to be able to catch somebody. Like that's just, yeah. how, that's just what goes through my head, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then, or even catch them if they're running into the street or something like that. I, exactly. I like if you can't chase them into the street because a car's coming, you you yeah. still can't watch my kid because that is still a threat that you are not able to avoid. Yeah. Um. And and on on that note, I I literally had to like stop consuming that type of information because it was making me sick. I mean, mm -hmm. the knot of anxiety that I had in my throat, in my body, I could not sleep. I was having like night terrors. Like mm -hmm. I went that far into that rabbit hole. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. You know, you know, mm -hmm. and. Then it was after I came out of that and it was for a while, I didn't look at anything else. And I, you know, I don't need to look at it anymore to know what is out there. And now there's a lot more helpful and um, less aggressive ways of consuming that content, like pages like yours. It's very mm -hmm. digestible and it's not overwhelming. Like the people that are coming to you saying that it is, you know, grieving and this and that, like there are pages out there that are a lot more blatant and a lot more aggressive and a lot more in your face than, the, yeah. than what your content is beautiful. And it is it is for moms to educate themselves. 
And Thank you. yeah, a hundred percent. I, I feel that. And it just oozes. Yeah. It's out of love. You know, the other places it's, yeah. it, I mean, and it, it still is educational and you, I feel like people need to see it, you know, and it's not yeah. being broadcasted the way it should. But, um, I, after coming out of that, it was really more in like every front of our life. Like we, there has always been evil. There will always be evil. You have to be prepared. You cannot be scared. You have to arm yourself mm-hmm. in all the ways. And I think that's, what's really great about what you're doing is you're giving people those post-it notes, those tools to put in their toolbox for when the little hairs on your spine stand up. It's a, mm-hmm. there is a reason. And now, you know, and now that you know, you can, you can make choices yep. to do something about it. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you go back to talking. That's enough about me, but I don't know <laughs> well, if you have any, anything to add on what I said about that, but I've got a laundry list of questions for you. <laughs> okay. Well, I am glad you said that because that's one of the first things. So, um, that I started the rabbit holes, I started going down. It was the unveiling of the truth. It was, it was really grieving. It's because I knew a lot of it because of my line of work, because I was in CSAM. So I knew children were being trafficked because that is how CSAM is made. I knew that there are people I don't want to get too specific, but there are people having children in order to traffic them. Like that is yeah. the both of the parents are in on it. Then there's people who are abducting and there's, there's so much to it, but that because CSAM, okay. Like most people don't know it's real. This is again, huge trigger warning, but CSAM is what I investigated as a detective. I haven't talked about what I did yet, but um, it is child sexual abuse material. They, the statutes call it child pornography, but uh, I don't like to use that term because it's uh, pornography gives you the idea. It's just like a child standing in a sexy pose. Like, no, these are children from babies to teens being raped on camera. So that means that people are looking for that material to be made. So people are looking for children, getting their hands on children and teaching each other how to, how to get their hands on children without them saying anything to make this material and trade it with other creeps on the internet. And I put that word lightly um, because I just, I get too angry and I don't want to go down that route. So, uh, but just know that that's happening. So that, what did I write here? You know, like one of my my missions is like children are being attacked and destroyed left and right by evil in the darkness. And we must put a stop to it and shed light on the evil that is happening in the darkness. So we can be the light, you know, and, the, and that's what like believers say, like that we must be the light in the darkness. And that's, I've taken on that. And what happened was like, so I was getting angry. So I became a detective, right? For, I didn't even know I was ever going to do this, but um, I, because you have to be a cop before you're a detective. You have to get on in a patrol car with a gun on your waist and like, answer calls. And it's just, I never saw myself doing that. But then I was like, no, I have to help kids. And I uh, did a couple internships, uh, really big places like the Pentagon and, you know, like uh, child advocacy centers where I was like, okay, like, this is nice. Like I can help kids in the after effect, but I want to like put these nasty, horrific people in jail. So I had to go through that route. And it was actually, you are incredible. (laughs) You are literally incredible. Thanks. But uh, it's, it's all God. It's all God. I, I'll, I'll keep saying that. Cause like, I swear that I don't know where the strength comes from. Well, I do know. Um, I do know it's God, but yeah, so that, so that happened. I'm like, okay. And so I just went to the police Academy with zero expertise on like, I was just like a typical teen driver. I was like, I didn't, I wasn't one of those like country chicks who went shooting with her dad. Like, no, my Cuban family was horrified. They're like, you're going to do what? You're going to be a cop? Get out of here. That's too dangerous. And like, just, you know, not meaning, but they wanted to protect their little girl. And um, anyway, and you so wanted I, to protect all the little girls. Yeah. I want to protect all of them, all the little children. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So, and I mean, being a female cop, if anybody's listening, who's a female cop, like they, it is quite the the uphill battle, you know, you have a lot of resistance in many different areas. And so um, I wasn't um, naturally good at a lot of things, but literally like 
every step that I needed to pass through, like physically, I was, I've never been more physically fit than the Academy. And I just, you know, I was able to persevere. And then um, when I got on the road, things weren't automatically easy for me, but some things were. So, you know, dealing with domestic violence and dealing with um, child abuse calls, like they would just call me on the radio, like, hey, do you want to, hey, did you hear that call? Or they'll text me like, hey, did you hear that? Like, I'll be on a different call handling it. And people would text me, like, especially the dudes, because they were just like, hey, Yami, like, come on. Like, you know, you want to take this difficult, long, you know, call, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I do. So I would literally leave, like, okay, I'm done with this call and like hold the paperwork and I would drive to the, to, to the special victims unit type of calls, you know, which are just, you it know, would just um, find you, you just, it w- you were just drawn and pulled towards it. You were doing exactly what you were meant to do. You know, I, and I, everybody that I've interviewed so far, it seems like, and I've always said this about myself too, in my own field, but we find our message through our mess. And mm-hmm. you had a really fucking terrible mess. Like you, yeah. you went through something traumatic. Your sister went through something traumatic and you have, you literally are a light in this space and, and uh, you're incredible again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, and I don't mean to keep bringing up Bible stuff, but it does say that he will turn every, God will make everything that like was bad, that was meant for bad and he won't turn it to good. So if the devil wants to come and destroy your life, if you allow God, he will turn it for good. And, and he will use all of that so that you can bear the burden of others by giving them the tools that they need to help them, yeah. like realistically help them. So that's, that's where I started. Then I became a detective really quick, um, met with a lot of backlash because people are like, oh, it's just because she's cute. And they promoted her like, oh, couldn't be all the training experience and uh, please. <laughs> schooling that oh, I went please. through. <laughs> Like, and the school, and you know, obviously that was a nice way to put it. It's just because pretty. They, they said a lot of nastier things, but anyway, so I made it and I, I'm sure became, I became a, a first property crimes. And then they put me to SVU a few months later. And then in a month after putting me in SVU, they put me in the specialized unit of um, being a, an ICAC detective, which is internet crimes against children. So I was okay. already, um, you know, like a, literally a child sexual abuse detective and also domestic violence and things like that against the most vulnerable. And then it went specifically to just investigating CSAM and finding these creeps who were abusing children in their own homes and, you know, rescuing those children and, and all of that and, you know, getting their devices and looking through their devices um, and then charging them accordingly. Can I ask you another question? Yes. How did you go home every day And I mean, how do you turn that off? How do you, how do you like, I mean, you just said it, how do you bear that burden every day, especially like not having children? Like, I don't know. And then having children, like even what an even bigger burden I would assume. Yeah. So I started it in May of 2018 and I was pregnant in August of 2018. And on my first search warrant, I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. So it's crazy. So, um, the hardest time of my life the yeah. hardest time of my life. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but I, so well, the way I saw it was, I saw this, this, you know, the first videos and pictures and I was like, like nothing can prepare you. It knocks the no. wind out of you. It knocks oh, the wind yeah. out of you to think that a person, like we know that people who, you know, we see the news stories, but we block those out as soon as we see it. We're like, cry, okay, like I can't think about that anymore. Now I have to look at it. And for hours I have to look through people's hard drives and find each piece of evidence, right? Cause that's all yeah. evidence yeah. and against the perpetrator so they can stay in jail as long as possible. So I, I have to do this for the child. Like, how can I look? It's like, if you did it in real life, you walk into a room of a child being abused and it was just too hard for you to look at. So you just walked away. Like nobody would walk away. Right. And that's why most, like some people recognize that they, that would be too traumatic for them, but they know they can tag someone else in and they're going to do it in this. But I just knew like, God put me there for a reason. And I'm like, I have much passion, much passion for this. I cannot just walk away. So, I mean, he, I wasn't as close to him back then to God, but I, I was, he was always kind of like there. He's like, I'm here when you need me. And I would go to him when I needed him. But I, um, 
I was just like, I, I bared too much. I was working too hard. I, and I did it for as long as I possibly could. And it was killing me. It was killing me for sure. But, um, you know, were you a mother of, did you deliver your baby and you were still working and yep. doing this? Oh my I had gosh. Another, I had another baby. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and nobody could understand. Like, they're like oh, I was nine months pregnant. Yeah, how are you doing that? Like um, I would cry at a freaking Tide commercial. I would cry yeah. at a Tide commercial. Like you, oh, there's, it's going to be mostly moms listening to this. Like, I know how, like physically ill. It yeah, had to I would get sick. physically ill. I would in the car, I would just have to walk away. And honestly, like the, our sergeants in that arena and that like, you know, in the office of the people working there, I had a lot of amazing support. Everybody was dealing with the same pain. A lot of them were parents, um, you know, and, and of course now I'm pregnant, super emotional, but I was so determined to help those kids. I was like, I had to compartmentalize, but sometimes I would see a new, because a lot, some of them were repetitive images and videos. I was like, okay, I see my board, just okay, okay. Like, and you could skip through, you don't have to watch the whole thing, but you have to watch some things. But when I would see a new one that was like super vicious, I was like, okay, no, nope, nope. So I just have to close that computer and just go for a drive, cry it out, pray, take a day. And they were very supportive of that. They're like, of course, like you're a human. If you do not properly process, you are not going to be okay. And then I started seeing a therapist, um, but honestly, nothing helped until much later um, after I left the career. And I just, honestly, I met Jesus Christ. Like that's, that is who, like I went, I went through all of the therapies, all of the things, um, all of the modalities and nothing was as permanent as meeting Jesus. You know, if I can share that spiritual part of my journey. Um, yeah, that's, that's how everybody is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I asked that question. I want to know because I, I yeah. that is, I mean, that is a heavy, heavy load to carry. And as a new mom carrying that, and then having another baby, mm-hmm. like the the mother load is heavy already. And like yeah. you are doing the work that for other other moms that don't know, and you know, the yeah. sickos that are doing this, be, you know, having kids for this reason. Like who I have, you know, it's I don't crazy. know what. Yeah. Um, but the fear, I did have a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. It crippled me. I would hear, I would hear my son cry and I would think someone was hurting him and it was only people in the house that I trusted. So like, but it was not, it was not rational. I did not think my husband or my mom was hurting my child, but what the cry would do was bring the image. Yeah. Yeah. The images that I saw in the past, it would bring it to my mind. So those it's called unwanted recall. It can happen with any trauma. Um, and I had to, I mean, that did not go away. Like, and the therapist would give me tools and they would just tell me all these ways that I could manage the stress and anxiety. And yeah, they were okay tools. And, but it was requiring a lot of work. And I, when you work this kind of job and you have two children, it's not easy (laughs) to do. So, um, yeah, I would, I, I, it wasn't until I, I was met by God and he was like, this is what he said. He said, daughter, you are working too hard. You don't have to work this hard. Let me do the work and you will be the vessel of which it flows out. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean? I don't have to work hard. I mean, and it doesn't mean like be lazy. It means that you, that, that internal struggle and pressure that you're like, until you explode that the world on your shoulders, that if I don't do this and if I don't do that and I don't provide, then everything will destroy itself. Like you have to put your trust somewhere. I was not putting my trust somewhere. I was bearing everything and it was crushing me. And that's why when I went to start this, this new business, this new venture of educating people and going to the prevention side, we're going, okay. So we're, okay. So when I jumped into the prevention realm, right. Of child abuse, like, duh, like who do you want to start? Or do you, do you want to continue working only in the, the response, the reactive part of abuse, or do you want to prevent it? Do you want to give people tools? And I was like, okay, God, but I just, so basically God led me to quit my job, right? Um, it wasn't just because of the job I was doing. It was literally by his lead. And I was like, are you sure? Like I worked my tail off to be here. I have the biggest accolade in the department. I am in a, in a 
an FBI task force position. I am successful. My boss loves me. Um, I am dying on the inside, but my boss loves me. Um, he loves how hard I work. He loves how much I put myself last, <laughs> you know, and yeah. he, did the same, he, he did the same thing. He, he, he's amazing. I love my sergeant. If he ever hears this, but he, he works so hard that I think he puts himself last. And so I was doing the same thing. It was just like natural for me. Um, right. So like I could be d doing something good to defeat the evil in the world, but then the evil gets to me by, by making me basically kill myself while I'm doing it, you know, like emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all of those things. Like I was like getting crushed while bearing the weight of all of that. You know, we didn't have enough detectives. I was only one for a three person caseload. And so, right. so like you have all, you know, all of this. And so you're probably feeling like, who's going to do it if I don't do it? Like I need to, like, there's yes. so much out there that yes. load is so heavy. Like now that I know all of this and now that I know mm -hmm. how many pieces of terrible information are out there, terrible materials, how am I ever going to heal the world? You know, right. like that. How do I, I stop it all? Like, yeah, just... I, I mean, that's like how I felt like when I, I mean, obviously on a very much, a much smaller level, but like when I knew all of this information, like the world is the most awful place the world is so awful. And yeah. now what do I do with this information? Like I need to tell everybody and everybody's going to think I'm crazy, you know? And it's like, yeah. how, it, it, it's what you did was literally go from, you know, addressing a, you know, a symptom, which is the mm -hmm. aftermath mm -hmm. to go preventative medicine, you know, right. like, root, let me, let me, let me go to the root and help people give them the tools to make sure this doesn't happen because yeah. either way, you're going to be paying the price. You're either paying for these tools and resources, or you're paying the ultimate price, which is innocence and trauma and yeah, yeah, yeah I mean I can only yeah I can only imagine how hard that was for you to actually to leave and yeah it was very switch. very hard and so here's what happened I like I knew that was coming after I had my son but then I was like ignoring that call to do that and I was just like I can't leave the kids and so I kept working my tail off through another pregnancy and um I knew that tail end was coming um and I was like you know something when I had my my son my first child like the idea to do this page started but I was too busy and I literally started a page and I and I didn't even keep going with it I was too busy I was overwhelmed I was like I can't be a good mom and do this and do that so I was yeah. like let me just put a pin in that and see where that goes um so I left um, my job um and that was very shocking very hard for people to swallow and I was like but I'm okay with just being a mom you know I just want to be a mom for a season like God will provide we'll we'll have the food on the table my husband um you know has an amazing career and we're gonna be fine so and then he brought this to me right before so I had a traumatic event my mom my mom my best friend she died suddenly and but this is right after I left my career so complete life change and then um, right before she died, unexpectedly, he was like, you're going to do this. And I'm like, are you sure I'm going to do this? Because like, I just left that. Like, I don't want to think about that stuff right now. Like, I want to just enjoy my kids freely for once because I have been dealing with this heaviness and then coming home and turning it off and being that loving mom for my kids. I don't want to like, I don't want them to have this anxious, fearful mom. And so what happened was God, God was doing a work in me and my, you know, my spirit renewing me, um, you know, reviving me. Like I was like, I was like on, on on the deathbed, basically, spiritually speaking, I was yeah. like, cause that stuff will eat away at you. Like regardless mm -hmm. of you doing, you being there for a good purpose, it will eat away because it's so dark. But then he was reviving me and I was like being revived. And then my mom died and I'm like, okay, well now I'm really not doing anything. Now I'm here to just, I'm survive. so sorry about that. I, I, I that is, thank you. you you've thank carried you. so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you that that's how, you know, like, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me in here <laughs> doing all this. It's not, I couldn't be, I promise you I was a mess. If you could have seen me a while back, 
Um, but now I'm okay, <laughs> more than okay. And so I was like, God, are you sure? So whatever, that went on the back burner because of my mom passing. And I was just like, let me just survive. So I was just bed sharing breastfeeding. I was like, maybe I could just do like a mom page where I encourage people with like, you know, the love of God and like, Hey, like, it's okay to be a mom. It's okay to breastfeed. It's okay to home birth. Like I'm all about that. And, and so I was like, maybe I'll share stuff about that. And like, as soon as I started doing that had energy in my, in my spirit to be able to like share online, um, God was like, Nope, you're going to do there's other people doing that. There's other people doing those things. And, you know, there, there yeah. needs to be somebody doing what you're doing and in yeah. the way that you do it, because there are other people yeah. doing it, but not the way that you do it. And, yeah. and this, the world needs what you have and, and Thank how you. you present it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what he said. He's basically his, uh, somebody spoke this to me. He's like, she said, uh, he's going to repurpose. God's going to repurpose the former thing. Yeah. for a new thing. Yeah. And so, and so he's using my knowledge and my experience and my training years of school, school. And then once I was a detective or before and during a detective, lots and lots of classes. So with all of that and the case studies that I've heard, he is repurposing it to be given as a weapon, as a tool for moms and dads and people who love children all over the world to be able to fight proactively beyond the offense and the defense and all around their children, like knowing like, Hmm, okay, I catch that. Yeah. You know, one of the, the biggest things is to listen to your gut. And um, one of the things that society does is numb your, your instinct. You know, I call it the Holy spirit, but you can call it whatever. It's something that tells you, this is not right. <laughs> something here is off. Right. And so, um, so many times parents are like, don't be a helicopter. Don't do this. Don't do that. But what is it doing to moms when they, there's people speak that over them. It is telling them to mute their gut instinct. Mm -hmm. um, listen to your gut. Now, if you suffer from fear and anxiety, um, you may need to, to, to do some work in that to, so that you're not, um, listening to fear or anxiety, but you can also still listen to your gut. You know, like it, there's a difference between, like I said before, living in fear or like putting those post-it notes up in your brain and then referring to that wall of information that you have and, and then um, listening to your gut as well. Like though you could use the word discernment, you can, you know, it's wisdom. It's all this stuff that you know, helps that, that I can't even paint the picture perfectly for each mom because they all have their own lives that they have the perspective, you know, experiences, right. you know, and the ones there are lots of moms that have had such a blessed life where they have not um, experienced any of this. And they've had amazing sleepovers and amazing uh, babysitting experiences where nothing happened to them, but right. um, you know, they, but the, it is good to give them some perspective um, so that it doesn't, you know, they, their only good experiences doesn't bias them into just trusting everybody. And believing that it could never happen to me. It's like the, it yeah. like literally could go for anything like, oh, that could never happen to me or it's not going to happen to mm -hmm. anybody close to me. It's like the ultimate, like, just like somebody kicking your legs out from underneath you because you're just yeah. not prepared um, yeah. for, for what could or what does or, you know, anything like that. Um, so I would love to, so I want to dive into some specifics and tools for parents and things to look out for and these tricky people and sleepovers and all the things. But the trend that I'm finding with um, the interviews that I've had is this notion of society doesn't trust moms. And like you've said with the gut instinct, like it does feel like society and what's the social pressures and doctors and yeah. social media experts and, you know, and teach anybody. It's like, whatever you're feeling, like, you don't need to worry about that. You don't right. need to listen to that. Yeah. We know what to do. And it's like, exactly Here's what to think. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah. Look at this, Here's thing, this think. and this, and don't yep. question it. Yep. And I feel don't like you question it. Don't yeah, you question like, that. I feel like the one thing you should do for literally everything is question everyone. Question and everything. everything. Yes. Question everything. And if they, question if they give all. you, if they, if they are offended, 
there's probably something more to dig into there. That's how I feel. Like if you, if you don't see where I'm coming from at all, and you want to question and push those boundaries and, you know, there's obviously a little bit more to dig into here. Like, why are my boundaries not okay with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if those boundaries are not abided by and they are, you know, not uh, respected, those people don't deserve to be in your children's life, at least not alone, you know, yeah. or because yeah. they don't respect you. And like, why would you want to show your kids that we go and hang out with people that don't respect mom and dad? Like, yeah, that's just not going to fly. Yeah. And those like, even the little secrets, like, okay, don't tell mommy and daddy, I gave you five cookies today and lollipops and stuff like that. Like, you know, cause some, it some seems of us moms innocent are, and it's not, yeah, it is not. Yeah. Well, it just sets the precedent in their mind. Like, okay. With some people, I keep secrets from mom and dad. And it's like, no. And it's, they don't get it. It's, it's like, I've even, you know, I've seen it happen like in real time. And I'm like, I could see they're not thinking of it that way. And they're not trying to be, you know, mischievous and yeah. secretive, but they just, it's what they were taught and what was done to them when they were children. You know, grandma and grandpa always gave the treats, but we couldn't tell mom and dad because, you know, we won't get the treats. But um, yeah, that, that can, again, kids are general and literal. They will plaster that to everything. They will yeah. make that be okay. And then now it's okay. Somebody else. And that's, that's a problem. You're setting your, you're setting the children up in your life that you love. If you are not the parent and you're trying to do these things. And for some reason, like by affection or by, you know, this, like, I I don't even know if it would be affection, but like this bond, it's like, you're buying, it's like an buying love. Yeah. It's like so strange to me. Like I would never do that to somebody else's kid. So why would somebody think that's okay to do to my kid, you know? And it's like, they just feel like they know better. They have more experience. Like you haven't been a mom that long. And like, Mm. listen, I, it took me one day, one hour, one minute of seeing that child and knowing I need, I would throw my body over (laughs) a landmine, you know, and, and I would do a whole lot more for a lot less, you know? And so, um, I think that just that notion of society and pressure and all these things, like not trusting mom's instinct, like you have that for a reason. You're connected to your child the way nobody else is. Yeah. And there's a reason. It's a gift. That. It's a gift. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That knot in your stomach is not just coming from your stomach. It's connected to your brain that is working. If you see or feel like something's off. Yeah, for sure. For sure. hundred percent. That concludes part one of this two-part series. I don't want to say I hope you enjoyed this podcast, but I hope you took some valuable tips and knowledge and education and just some better awareness around this very real threat to our children. As you get ready for part two of this podcast where Yami is going to be covering a series of lists and tricks and ways to educate your child in an age-appropriate way, as well as screen people that will be helping to take care of your children or sleepovers or any sort of those things, okay? I hope you found this podcast episode helpful. This is part one of a two-part series. If you did, share this with a mama friend who would benefit from these tools and education. And please look into the show notes to find more details on Yami as well as ways to contact her and the devices that she does mention in these episodes. With that said, I will see you soon in our next podcast or in our next workout. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in.